the Canadian Military History Podcast. Music provided by the Calgary Highlanders. Welcome to part two of my interview with Sergeant Greg Briggs. Let's just pick up right where we left off. Then the next, probably, I would probably think the next memorable moment was when I got the opportunity and I was offered to take the recce patrolman course, the regular force recce patrolman course. And it happened to start, I believe, in February or March of 1995. And promptly got on the course with a group of hard hitters guys that had been in battalion for a long time um, and at that point in time we had guys that had been coming back from the Airborne Regiment because the Airborne Regiment had been suffering and that was when the Airborne Regiment was just at the at its prime of being disbanded because so we had a lot of guys coming back to the battalion from the regiment and got on this course and graduated from the course and at the time had no clue how things went being naive and being a fair kind of guy back to my company and about a week later got called into the sergeant major's office and he said to me, Briggs, you've been chosen to go to rec platoon. And I was like, okay, sir, right on. But I'm pretty sure there's guys that are more senior than me that have the recce course that should go to rec platoon in front of me. I appreciate the opportunity, but I think it's probably should go to somebody who's been here longer. And the sergeant major looks at me and says, you don't understand. Took my card, signed off, cleared me out of the company, said, you're going to rec platoon. So right on, sir. Thanks a lot. Took my stuff and reported across the lines over to Recce Platoon. I didn't know it at the time, but at that point in time, just as I was getting into Recce Platoon, there was still a process by which you were peered in or peered out of the platoon. So that to me was a fairly big stepping stone that I didn't know about until I find out a few years afterwards, where when you graduated from a recce course, everybody in the platoon went through all the candidates and thumbed up or thumbed down. So you got peered in or peered out. And obviously I made an impression that as a nobody into battalion that they decided to take me on and I got the chance and the opportunity to go to recce platoon. Needless to say, I never went back to a rifle company in my time in in battalion. I stayed in (laughs) recce platoon the entire time until I took my posting message and left the battalion. Italian. So I had a lot of great memories in Recce Platoon. The only time really, I say I would never left Recce Platoon because Recce Platoon became one platoon of Alpha Company when we went on our tour to Bosnia. So our entire platoon became Alpha, Alpha Company's one platoon. And then when we came back, we promptly went back to being Recce Platoon. So I never really left my platoon. We just got a different name and a different organization, but we were always Recce Platoon. And that probably was the one moment or point in time that is most influential out of all of my points in my career when I think about it because that group of guys and that those people I got there in the record platoon in 1995 and I have friends of mine to this day one of them who currently works with me at my new job here in Ontario who was an instructor on my recce course in 1995 who was supposed to be my MC at my wedding. So I've got some of those friends and actually guys that you met at my wedding like Brian Gagnon who I've known and have never gotten away from. So that's another group of influential friends that I picked up along the way. So I think that I think about that, and I think that's that moment in time is it was one of my 
positive ones. And then I think about the negative ones like I alluded to earlier. And I think about being on leadership courses as much as we enjoy them. And everybody's been on one who is, you know, at a rank higher than the rank of private, some senior corporals, you know, master corporal sergeants, warrant officers, master warrant officers, and like yourself, chief warrant officers, we all have to go on training. And some of those courses provide you with opportunities to realize that you don't really want to be in some place and everybody suffers, but that's the joy because everybody suffers together and it gives you the opportunity to share moments later on. So you and I, we did ISCC together and there were moments on that course where we probably both would have said, you know what, I can leave here any day. But we didn't because we suffered together yeah, as a group, exactly. you know, and it, it leads to some of our best stories when we're sitting around in the mess reiterating times. I mean, you and I have been through a couple of courses together where there was moments or moments in time where we just said, this isn't, this really sucks. This could be over any day. Really, <laughs> I don't need to do this anymore. And, you know, you laugh at that. Those are the things you laugh at. And then when I think about it, I think about the times afterwards and really what it boils down to is when we talk about all these memorable moments that I've spent tons of time talking about right now, it's not the the time itself that it's happening. The real memorable moment is when you share it with friends and you tell the story and you remember the story because maybe I remember something, yeah. but you remember it slightly different because your perspective was at the same place, but it's a different perspective because it's your perspective. And it, to me, well, I've, I've thought about these things and, you know, when you gave me the opportunity to talk, it's really the memory of those things that makes it the time or the point. Because we could, you and I could probably sit down and come up with 4,000 things that we could remember, but really, it's reiterating and then having another day yeah. to remember. Really, it quite honestly <laughs> is. And that's why, why I think when I think about all these memorable moments, good, bad, and or indifferent, but it's really the, re- the recollection or the recalling it that's the moment. It's what makes it the moment, for sure. Excellent. Yeah, you have a way of uh, telling stories that really puts you back into that time and space. And even if I wasn't there, like I wasn't there on your RNTP course, but I know the stories. And I I could picture the room and I could picture the garbage can with the boots stuck in it and (laughs) the shaving cream, like the upside down bed and the guy stuck behind the bed springs. Getting well, we don't need to go there, but whatever. <laughs> it just it just puts you right. I mean, you're you're an excellent storyteller, and and that, that's something I've always appreciated yeah. and enjoyed. So, moving on through the program here, what who was your greatest influence, or who's the most memorable character that you've ever encountered? And, I, and again, there's so many guys that you could pick out. And quite honestly, I'm not trying to. It's not about blowing smoke, but quite honestly, you're one of them of the group of people that are the most influential or the most um, memorable sort of characters that I've encountered because I've seen you grow, right? So I've seen you develop and become who you are. And then I think. Uh, I've tried. To, I've tried to pick it out to a couple of key, key guys. So I want, you're one of them. And there's another key influential person in my career. Obviously, and we talked about him already. Gantano Bears, my first section commander, my first leadership course. Then I think about my good friend who lives here in uh, in town, me here in Port Elgin, Scott Young. He is uh, another one who I've seen grow, and I've seen him gone through some some hard times and some really good times. Who I've done a lot of good things with, and and suffered a lot of things with him as well. I think about some of the commanders I've had and good ones and bad ones i think about a couple of the warrant officers i've had and i try to i try to come up and i've probably forgotten a couple and that's you know and i apologize to anybody who i've shared good times with or moments with in time but as far as the most memorable absolute top of the heap guy that i could remember the most or would be the key most influential guy 
guy. No, it's not even key. It's just the guy who who sort of impacts me, hits me square on the head, and think about it. I've talked to him about. I've talked about him with other guys since, and even guys I work with now who were from the RCR who tell me stories about him from there, and it hits it hits home. I, I think about our good friend who was our section commander on our ICC course. Carl DeRoche. And I, and I, and, oh. I, and it's not that he did anything, one thing that was great, one thing that was bad, one thing that made us learn anything. I just think about, when I think about a memorable guy who was a soldier who gave you that imper- impersonation or that impression or that impattern of what a soldier was and how you did business, he carried himself with a certain air. He did his job. He was a little bit arrogant and cocky, which is what an infantry soldier needs to be. He never seemed to step down from a challenge or a fight. And at the point in time where you thought you were about to crash and thunder and he could have just walked away and dropped you into the bottom of a bucket, he would impart you with a little bit of a tidbit of knowledge and enlighten you or develop you a little bit more or say, hey, think about this, look at that. And you would look at it and go, would you believe that? That's right. Or that's right. And he would show you something and he would pull something out of his little his little package of tricks and you'd look at it and go, holy shit. And you'd try it and it would work. Um, so again, it's not influential. It's not the most memorable, but he's just a guy that I was trying to think about. If there was a guy and you could give him a, a persona, that would be one of them. He just happens to come to the forefront of my mind. Yeah, I remember during our first roll call, and you and I both looked at each other, and we go, oh boy, I hope we don't get that guy. Yeah. And then, yeah. oh no, we got that and he guy. And you know, the way he would stand there with his <laughs> really? arms, and you just look at him, and he was kind of like a pretty boy. And you figure, oh no. And he got his nicknames and the whole show. And I've talked to him about, I've talked about him with guys from the RCR who I work with right now. I mean, I work with quite a few RCR guys at my current job and we're all civilians so that we, we hack on all of ourselves and that regiment and this regiment. And, you know, I work with a couple of engineers and a couple of pongos and, you know, here and there. So we always make fun points fingers at each other and the whole concept even to the point where my current boss my immediate supervisor above me was a warrant officer in the rcr so i don't know if you've ever seen them but in the canics they have these little figurines they're little like plastic gi joe dolls but they're canadian military guys and they have one <laughs> from the ppcli and they have one from the jtf and they i think they have one from the van Dues, and they have a guy from the rcr and he's a little warrant officer and he happens to be a little a little tiny he's a little tiny guy he's perfect his, his sleeves are rolled up perfectly his boots are fully shiny he's got a rucksack and a shiny black rifle on the whole nine yards his little warrant officer and it says little warrant officer Mateo of the RCR so I ride my I ride my boss all the time about being a royal and he's, you know he has these his moments where his office has to be perfectly cleaned and lined up and the ruler is three inches to here and it's you know just the way it goes and I'll walk in and push a book off to one angle so what I did is I got this I bought this little guy from mechanics and that uh, at Meaford a couple months ago and I went out and I collected the most pristine perfect white rocks I could find little tiny white pebbles out of the gravel and I got them all lined up <laughs> and I made sure they fit in size and everything and I lined them up and I, I got a nice nice flat one and I got a nice fine tip sharpie marker and I wrote the RCRBSL Battle School on the lead rock. I made a little formation of white rocks on his hard drive of his computer, just a nice black hard drive. I made a perfect little formation and I formed up this little warrant officer with his rucksack in front and his rifle right there standing at attention. And I wrote a little note on it, you know, Warrant Officer Mateo of the RCR Battle School would like to welcome you to and blah, 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 blah. And I left it on his desk. I took some pictures and I called all our other <laughs> army buddies in because my boss was away and 
I left it there. And guys would just get a good laugh out of it. And everybody, would, people were taking pictures and guys were making it their screensavers. So every time he would come into an office, there'd be this picture of this little guy there. And Mark's a good, Mark's <laughs> a good spirit. He's a, he's a funny guy. And he's taken this little warrant officer's and he set him up. Because Mark's got a little, you know, he's ever, every army guy's got it. You know, I love myself all. Or this is me, I love myself all, right? Mark happens to be a RCR, a retired RCR warrant officer. He's a master sniper. He worked at the sniper cell in Gagetown. He did his jump course as an older guy, as sort of, you know, the geriatric jump course kind of thing. So he's got his little wall of, you know, his trinkets and his pictures and whatnot, and he set up this little warrant officer with all his little rocks right up on his wall. So he keeps him, and it's always good for a laugh. So there's there's even another influential guy who I never even worked with in the in the army, but he's my boss now, and we share lots of good times and moments and stories. So to wrap up, what was the greatest challenge you had to overcome? Um, and I've thought about that too since we talked about it. You know, everybody sort of figured it out. What was it, or how was it, or what exactly became the challenge, or whatever. And I think in hindsight, looking back and thinking about all the things, what what was a challenge and what was just a hardship? Because there's a difference, right? A hardship and a challenge. And I think probably for me, when I look back, it sounds a bit goofy, but it is the separation from your your friends and your good buddies. And I had to go through it twice um, because the challenge is you develop a core group of guys that you work with, your, you know, your best friends that you would, not a word of a lie, live, breathe, eat, shave, shower, the whole show together. And ultimately, you would be willing to give your life up so that that one guy would be able to make it. And you, you need to have that trust and that explicit moment or that connection to each other. And the moment there, the hardest challenge for me was having to leave. When I left the Toronto Scottish, there's circumstance, you go to the mess and you have drinks and you get a, you get a little plaque or whatever you get for leaving the mess and it, it's a moment. But it's quite challenging for you to have to leave there and leave that group of guys because there's a gap now. There's a gap in the group and there's a gap in yourself. And yes, the gap will be filled in time. But the challenge of the time is leaving the group of guys and not having those moments and hearing them talk afterwards about, oh yeah, you did this, whatever. You know, sure, we missed you, man. You should have been there. It would have been awesome, you know, whatever. But that's the challenge. And then I got to two PPCLI. Yeah. Then I had another group of dudes and I did that whole thing. And then I got posted and I took the posting message to move farther out west because I wanted to get closer to Alberta and I wanted to be closer to the mountains. So I took a posting to CFB Suffield and I finished my time in the regular army in Suffield. And when I left two PPCLI, when I left Recce Platoon, that tight group of guys is a bond. And that particular platoon is legendary and epic in the history of two PPCLI. We, st- we have our own Facebook page from that particular platoon in recce has its own facebook page and there's only about 10 of us in that group because that one platoon of dudes was so tight and so epic and there's so many legend type stories or things that are out there that only that group of guys will ever remember or ever sort of i mean and every platoon has had it i'm quite sure platoons since have had it and the guys that have been to afghanistan together have had it but that particular time and that group of dudes was that tight that when you left you feel that that's a piece that's missing you wish you were back with the platoon and then they go and they do this and then you hear about it and you're posted and you're not doing it so that's the challenge is leaving a group of people that you've dedicated so much time effort energy emotion friendship all those things and having to leave it and not have it anymore so when i think about my military career the challenge isn't the hard time it's not getting up at four o'clock in the morning anybody can get up at four o'clock in the morning really it's not running for 50 k's it's not doing whatever you did in pt it's not however many push-ups or chin-ups or in the petawawa river in the push-up position with your rifle underwater and having to do push-ups into the water so your face is underwater in the petawawa river hard yeah challenge no not really
really, because it's going to be over. At the end of the day, I mean, we, we always joked about it. They're not going to kill me. Yeah, they can't exactly. kill me. Exactly. Well, we always said that, but it was a given that you're in the Army, you could die. But you know what I mean. It was, it was training. They're not going to kill you. But the challenge is emotional, mental, physical, the whole nine yards, was having to leave a group of guys. And to me, that is the challenge. That was the part that, and to this day, when people ask me, you know, what do you miss? Do you miss? I don't miss PT. I don't miss shooting. I don't miss any. I don't miss any of those things because I can always recreate that if I want to. I miss the guys. You miss the opportunity to be in the mess yeah. and having those beers and going to Stoney's and having people ride you because you got a pink coat on. Having the moments. I mean, just think about when we did that particular um, recruit training course for those co-op students and those particular moments when, you know, the guys where they made the little cartoon characters of us all and they had that shirt with the nuclear bomb going off because you remember what that started <laughs> going to. We won't go there. But, you know, those are the moments. That's the challenge is leaving and forgetting and then having to remember. And I, that's one of the things that this actually, and talking to you has forced me to try and sit down and remember some stuff and think about the things you go, holy cow, remember that, you know, remember sitting in the bottom of the trench, listening to the Toronto Maple Leafs playing the LA Kings oh, yeah. and listening on the 77 set on the CBC frequency with the little squawk box, trying to listen to the hockey game and not get caught in the bottom of the trench. <laughs> those are the things. The challenge is remembering those things and leaving your friends and not having that anymore. In a nutshell, the challenge is leaving your friends and not being there anymore for those guys. Excellent. Anything else? No, I mean, like I said, you and me could go on forever. We've got a, we've got a history that you know a lot of people wouldn't remember, couldn't remember. I just think... Uh, your whole shop here, the whole concept, or however you want to look at it, podcast, the podcast concept of a show that's going to take people, pose the same types of questions so that you can get the same perspective, different from different people all the way along, um, I think is something that some people are going to want to hear because they're going to hear like, what is that guy's perspective? And then you're going to ask some questions from a guy who maybe was in the Air Force, a guy who yeah. was in the Navy, maybe a medic, maybe a aero engine tech. Maybe you're going to find somebody who was a supply technician on the HMCS Toronto, somewhere in the Adriatic. You're going to get all kinds of different answers from all different kinds of people. And I think as your show goes along, we're going to hear some pretty awesome stories. I mean, you and I could sit down and reiterate our stuff back and forth, but we both know our stuff. My, yeah, exactly. uh, what I'm looking forward is to hearing some of your guests in the future and seeing what kind of cross-section of people you can get and get them on the show. And what I'm going to do for you, what I'm going to try and do is reach out to some of my friends as well. And I'm going to uh, talk to some guys that I know that have, have got careers in the Navy, in the Air Force, who may have started in the PPCLI with me or guys that we know in the Toronto Scottish. I'm going to try and get you some, some guests so that we can get these stories rolling because if ours are this good can you imagine what some other people's stories are like yeah exactly no i appreciate I that it's great yeah i think uh can i can't even imagine that i could say it as well as you did but there was a certain moment in time where you said something to the effect that when two soldiers part and they come back together it's like no time had passed regrettably you said that at a funeral of one of our good friends but that always stuck with me that as soon as you walk into the room together and you're back in the same place at the same time it's like no time has passed since the last time you parted could be even 10 years between but it's like you just left the room but anyhow it, i mean that, that always you're 100 percent true and that and i and i truly believe that and, and 
and I'm sure that you've probably experienced it. I know I've experienced it with you where uh, we haven't seen each other or talked to each other in years and one of us was home or I was home or and then or I came back and I was back in Ontario permanently. When you do finally get together with your friends or you come back to the unit, because eventually I did come back to the Toronto Scottish, it was like you never left. But I was gone for yeah. almost a decade between leaving the Scottish and coming yeah. back to the Scottish. I was gone for almost a decade and the faces were different. A good chunk of the faces were still the same, but there was quite a few different faces. But it was like nothing had ever changed, like times had never, it had just been put on pause. And unfortunately, at that funeral, there was quite a few people um, where we all got together in our old senior NCOs mess. Um, we had some new faces, and we had quite a few old faces and guys that had come back because the particular individual was well-known and had a lot, quite a large uh, group of friends that had either retired or gone away from the military and come back for his uh, his remembrance service there for sure. And it is, it, it truly is like that. I and mean, it'll be like that for lots of people. I'm sure you just, it's that, it, it's a military bond. It's because you have shared that, I believe, that you could never, ever have that go away. You could meet a guy that you haven't talked to in 20 years. I'm sure it would be like you just parted ways and you went to work and you went home and you met each other again for the next day at work. It would always be like that. And it's just this unwritten yeah. thing. I mean, it is. It's pretty awesome. Very much so. Well, thanks, Greg, for sharing your, your memories and putting me back into back in time myself. This is a really great podcast. Yeah, anything you can do to get me in touch with some more people, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, no worries, Mike. That's great. No, absolutely Thank no you. worries. I want to just yeah. say one thing. I want you to... Yep. In, in the spirit of remembrance of things, um, think back to a time and your listeners will hear our voices and uh, those of you that are were at or with us in that particular moment in time that are listening to Mike's podcast. There was a particular moment in time where there was a shotgun involved. There was yeah, a distinct lack of clothing. There was a group of road trees and a number of people that saw something <laughs> that they will never, ever forget and never be able to take out of their memory bank. So if you think back, those people that are listening, think back to that moment in time. Yeah, don't worry. I'm editing all this out. It's all going, channel. it's all going to be cut. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. So now that Greg's gone, let's see if he understands the concept of payback and a little trick I like to call editing. Yeah, probably. And like I said, you and I could talk and we could be talking for, if we had a bunch of beers and we were sitting down and <laughs> I was in your house, we could talk for hours and hours. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm probably, like I said, like I said in the interview, I've forgotten and I you know, had to apologize to the people who I would have pro or probably should have said something about. Like, And as I'm sitting here, I can remember moments like with a helicopter's flying over and me, my hanging, my ass hanging out. <laughs> Exercise, and I know that the lead call sign of the helicopter told everybody in the tail helicopters to look left because there was five heads in every set of windows as the helicopter flew over as I was taking a dump in the woods. You know, like moments like that I could I could like put into the thing like it's just ridiculous. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Military History Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy the podcast, please leave some feedback on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions please send me an email at cmhp at gmail.com. Please let me know if you'd like me to read your comments on the air. While you're waiting for our next episode, please visit the website at www.canadianmilitaryhistorypodcast.ca 
or the CMHP Facebook page. If you'd like to support the podcast by making a donation, please click the PayPal link on the webpage. All donations will go directly into the production of the podcast. All music is used with the express permission of the commanding officer. NTAG music is provided by the Governor General's Horse Guards. This is a Mike LaCroix production. Views and opinions expressed on the Canadian Military History Podcast are those of the guests of the podcast and do not necessarily reflect the views of Michael LaCroix Productions, the Canadian Armed Forces, or the Government of Canada. All recordings are copyright Michael LaCroix Productions.